This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 344, and you're listening to The Daniel Glass Show only on Drummer's Resource. This is it, right here. Uh-huh. Then you gotta add some of the little tricks. Ah, ah, you'll be swinging. Uh-huh. Right. It's The Daniel Glass Show on Drummer's Resource, offering a deeper look into Daniel's unique take on music, drumming, and life. Philosophy, motivation, musical deconstructions, and conversations with influential voices in the music industry. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daniel Glass Show on Drummer's Resource. I am, as always, your host, Daniel Glass, and maybe some of you were slightly wondering what the heck the title of this podcast is about for righty drummers only, and you might well wonder... Basically, what I'm actually going to be talking about today is the experience of being a left-handed drummer. Now, before you touch that dial and move on and hit delete or go to another podcast, I'm calling this for right-handed drummers only because if you are a left-handed drummer, and I hope left and right-handed drummers listen to this podcast, but if you're a left-handed drummer, then what you're going to be hearing about is not going to be anything you haven't heard or experienced already in your life and career as as a lefty drummer. But if you're a right-handed drummer, a lot of what you are going to hear may very well surprise you. So I'm going to talk about the experience and maybe some might say the plight of the left-handed drummer. And I think, you know, maybe you're saying to yourself, well, why bother talk about this at all? I mean, hey, if you're a right-handed drummer, cool. If you're a left-handed drummer, cool. What's What's the big deal? Just like the, you know, how we choose to write or eat or kick a ball. People choose this way, people choose that way. Well, it's kind of interesting because for lefties, it is kind of a big deal because our left-handedness, uh, not only as left-handed people in the world, but also as left-handed drummers, it affects us all the time and is often kind of thrown in our face in not necessarily the most positive ways. And I think if you are a right-handed drummer, which means you're in the majority, this doesn't happen to you. You don't have to deal with this particular aspect of being a drummer. So therefore, it's not a problem. So why would you pay any attention to it? So I'm going to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the issues around being a left-handed drummer and hopefully it will be a good catharsis maybe for some of the lefties like me who've been a drummer, you know, for 40 plus years, and also for right-handed drummers to learn and be a little more empathic about their left-handed brethren and sisterin. And, you know, I think you'll find it very interesting uh, to see sort of, quote-unquote, how the other half lives. So maybe one parallel I could make in explaining how right-handers see this issue versus left-handers, we can take the the recent spate of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct cases that have been cropping up with Harvey Weinstein and, and the like in recent days. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of my male friends, you know, of course, everybody's talking about this. A lot of my male friends are like, wow, Charlie Rose, you know, or Matt Lauer. They seemed like the nicest, most sensitive guys. You know, it's so surprising to hear they were engaged in this kind of creepy sexual behavior with women or sexual treatment of women. Yet a lot of my women friends were like, they were not surprised at all. They, yeah, no, I kind of knew. And I think this this issue is something, again, that men when they when it's suddenly brought up are astounded and shocked that that this is so pervasive i think women on the other hand have been dealing with being treated along these lines i think almost any woman in the world has experienced some kind of harassment or 
jokes being made or inappropriate behavior or whatever. So for women, it's not so shocking. So maybe for the right-handed drumming community, obviously this is not a sexual thing I'm talking about at all, um, but it might be a bit of an eye-opener. And I think for my left-handed listeners, it's going to be a lot of chuckling about, yep, yep, oh, I've been there. So in any case, uh, let's, let's, let's jump in. And, and my first point that I'd like to make on this subject is that we left-handed drummers are a minority, and we're a somewhat misunderstood minority. And perhaps because most people are not in this minority, they, as I said, they often, they don't care to understand, they don't need to understand, and they don't necessarily have much empathy toward our plight. Now, you can really generalize this to the population of left-handed people in general in, in society. You know, for example, in the old days, the olden days, they would consider somebody that was left-handed to be, uh, there was something wrong with them. You know, you hear stories about how maybe uh, they would break the person's left hand to force them to learn how to write and do things correctly. And of course, the word right, in addition to being right versus left, also means correct. And so there's sort of this underlying thing that if you are not right-handed, then you are not right. You are wrong, essentially. And I don't know the exact percentage of lefties in the population, but, you know, you sort of get that. And it's not only the fact that you're maybe one of only one or two kids in your class when everyone's learning how to write, or you're one of only a couple people that swings left when you're learning baseball as opposed to right, but the world is not designed for you as a left-hander. So, you know, I remember, and, and I don't even know if kids learn to write in longhand anymore these days, but when I was a kid, you know, everybody's just on a computer keyboard now, but when I was a kid, of course, you had to learn your letters, and you had to learn how to write in cursive, and go over and over all that, and when, you know, and the the fact that English is a language that is written from left to right automatically puts the lefty at an advantage because a right-handed person is constantly moving their hand away from the letters that they are creating and the letters being created behind them. A left-handed person has to create the letters and their hand is moving into that, which is a very awkward motion by, by nature. And uh, so, you know, when you're a kid in school, I remember myself and other lefties I would talk to, and you're writing with a pencil, you know, before you get into the world of pens, or you're, we had these letters that you could write, and then, you know, you'd use an a erasable marker on a, uh, on a plastic or a laminated surface, you'd write the letter, and then you'd wipe it off so the next person could practice. But I would come home at the end of the day with my, you know, sort of the side of my left hand covered with either ink or graphite. Um, from having to follow my hand. And so lefties get into this thing where they contort themselves into weird positions in order to be able to write, and uh, you know, uh, or they, they get stuff all over their hand, or they have to turn the page into a strange angle. Uh, in any case, I have horrible penmanship. I don't know if it's a result of being left-handed, but um, you know, I, I remember those years, and those that was always stressful for me. Uh, you know, and for example, a lot of other products are designed for right-handed people. Uh, for example, a spiral-bound notebook. You know, the spine is on the left side. So if your hand is on the left side, every time you get to the left end of the page, well, you're fighting with that spine. And uh, I remember, you know, a significant moment, probably for a lot of lefties, was on The Simpsons when Ned Flanders left his job to create the Leftorium, which was going to be a store designed specifically for left-handed people. And I know there must there are websites out there, obviously, 
uh, that specialize in products where, you know, things are designed more for lefties. Scissors, that was another horrible thing for me as a kid. I could never cut straight half the time because scissors, you know, scissors are designed the way that the two blades line up. It's designed for a right-handed person and the way that the different handles are, you know, so all these, all these kinds of things. Now, am I saying my life was permanently damaged as a result of this? No, and I don't think most left-handed people are saying that. I'm just bringing up a few points to make generally about, about lefties. And I also, I have to say, I was very proud when President Obama got elected because he was a lefty. And, you know, you'd see him in the Oval Office signing various and sundry bills or statements or whatever, and he would be the, have, the, have the lefty hand, you know, to sign that stuff. Now, of course, people always say, oh, well, lefties, you know, you're actually smarter if you're left-handed. I, maybe there's some research about that. There probably is. But that never really made up for me just sort of the continuous stress I was under as, as a left-handed drummer. So, you know, and then, of course, when it came time for me to play drums and decide how I was going to set up, that was, a you know, an experience that, um, again, I went with what felt natural to me. So when I was a young lad, I had actually started taking uh, lessons at the age of seven. My mother uh, took me to the principal percussionist of the Honolulu Symphony. Most of you probably know I grew up in Hawaii. And uh, I was, I went to a woman named Lois Russell, who was the principal percussionist of the Honolulu Symphony, and um, she started me off on snare drum and timpani. I, of course, learned traditional grip the right-handed way, meaning that the traditional grip was in my left hand, and that was how it went. All through high school, I was in marching band. I played traditional grip in my left hand, the way most drummers do it. But when it came time to play drum set, I, I played sort of just classical percussion, took lessons for about five years, okay, what am I going to do? And I didn't even, first, you know, I was, I don't know, I started fooling around with drum sets, maybe I was 10 years old. And I just sort of jumped on the drum set the way other people had it set up and was trying to feel what was comfortable. And maybe at some point somebody said, hey, you know, if you flip everything around, you know, if you're a left-hander, then that's a way that you can switch things up. So, um, you know, I I began to think along those lines. Well, if I kick left-handed, I eat left-handed, I, you know, uh, do do everything left-handed, then I must set up the drum set the other way because that's just how left-handed people would do it. And um, I remember the thing that really cemented it for me was uh, at about the age of nine or ten, I became, I had a, a best friend who was older. He was about 12, which is pretty significant, nine and 12 years old. That's a pretty big gap. He was already into like teenage things and was, <laughs> he he got me into very hard rock um, my parents were more folkies, and we listened to John Denver and Joan Baez and Pete Seeger and, you know, great music, uh, all that kind of stuff. But my buddy turned me on to Aerosmith and Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and uh, Pink Floyd, and I got totally into that. So um, when I, you know, one of the first records I ever had or ever really got into was Deep Purple's Made in Japan. And I look on the front cover and I see the way the drummer is set up. And I was imitating him, hitting on a wooden stool and air drumming and, you know, all the things that you do when you get excited about drumming as a kid. And I looked at the way he set up and I said, oh, he sets up differently than most drummers. He must be left-handed. That's what I'm going to do. So that sort of set my course. Now we'll talk a little bit later about, uh, you know, sort of what that means when you set your course as a left-handed drummer. As, and, and as any left-handed drummer will tell you, it is uh, not an easy course 
to to sale. You know, you are setting yourself up for a, a certain amount of um, hard. I wouldn't say hardship, but I would say. Uh, some roadblocks that you're going to have to negotiate and some difficulties because you have made the decision to, quote-unquote, set up backwards. And by the way, I don't like that term, setting up backwards. I like to say you're setting up in a mirror image because, once again, backwards has this kind of negative um, downside where, uh, you know, you're, you're backwards. You're not right, you're backwards. You're not forwards, you're backwards. So I don't I, I try when I talk about left-handedness not to use those kinds of terms. Uh, that implies that left-handers, that there's something wrong with them. All right, so what I, what I would like to do is, and part of the reason that I'm, I'm even creating this podcast is just because over the years, um, I've had some, some, I guess, eye-opening aha moments about being a left-handed drummer that, that I would never have thought about from my perspective, but learning about what the how the rest of the world views left-handed drummers has been an interesting experience. So I'd like to 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 discuss that topic uh through the lens of a sort of a, a popular video of mine uh that is that it's up on YouTube and you can go check this video out. It's uh it's the finale solo from the Century Project. Uh my my DVD from 2011. And uh this is the solo at the end of the whole three-hour DVD. I wrap it up with a big old solo, showing off all my chops and, and all that kind of stuff. And what's amazing to me is that most of the comments are, are you know, very complimentary. People are totally digging what I'm doing. And, um, you know, some people don't dig it. I get some thumbs up, some thumbs down. Okay, fine. Like, I get all that. At, that's typically the responses you get. But amazingly, there's kind of a large number of comments about being left-handed. And so I went through those comments today before I put this podcast together and sort of helped me organize my thoughts and sort of to like three different categories in which right-handers view left-handed drummers. So, and I'm sure there are more, but these are three that I that I sort of came up with. So, So see what you think about this. So category number one, is confusion or shock. And it's almost as if they've, you know, they they they're astounded that somebody would set up this way. They've never seen it or that you know, that the, the the verbiage is sort of along the lines that they've just seen an alien or a unicorn or a Bigfoot or something like that. And so I want to want to read um uh, a couple of different quotes uh from this setting. Uh, and and some of them are funny because people would respond, you know, uh, so of course the responses on YouTube can be that funny. But this is just sort of a basic one. Uh, some, you know, so so the the commenter writes, "He's a lefty." And somebody responded, uh, "And you've been eating plenty of carrots." <laughs> Meaning like, "Yeah, so what? <laughs> you can see the screen, good for you." <laughs> so, I thought that's funny. And a lot of times what I love about YouTube is that you know, if something upsets me, if it's a video that I'm in, somebody writes something hostile or someone's a hater, somebody else comes to my rescue. I really don't need to get involved in it or try not to get involved in it, try not to let my ego, you know, d- take over. Uh, but I, I just like I just like that one. But a similar kind of um, response, this sort of confusion or shock category, number one, of how right-handers see left-handed drummers is when I do clinics. And this, you know, I've been doing clinics now for quite a few years, and um, it it always knocks me out. You know, I will do a 90-minute clinic, a two-hour clinic. I'll talk about history. I'll talk about shuffles. I'll talk about Gene Krupa. I'll play, you know, 
50 really amazing examples of something with tracks, and then it would finish with a big solo and all this kind of stuff. And at the end, I say, are there any questions? And almost, you know, I, I don't know what percentage of time, but literally the first question will be, why do you play left-handed? You know, uh, I'm sort of stopped in my tracks because it's like, why do you care? I mean, if you can fathom the concept of left-handed people in society, then the concept of a left-handed drummer shouldn't be so shocking. But apparently it is. And I welcome, you know, your thoughts, responses, uh, you know, about this. Again, I'm not putting anybody down here. I just find it hilarious. And I think it's, in a way, maybe it's kind of cool. You know, I'm, I, it sets me apart from other people. So I patiently explain sort of why I'm a lefty drummer, how that worked out, and when we move on. Um, but I also, you know, people tend to think I've never say I've never seen a left-handed drummer before. A lot of comments about that. And maybe, maybe I've just been a left-handed drummer for so long and no other left-handed drummers and make sure to, you know, that I know uh, who left-handed drummers are in the world that I assume that everybody is aware of this concept, but apparently not. So, um, I wrote a column about this. Maybe some of you know, I've had a column in Drum Magazine now for, uh, about, eight years. It's called Moment in History, and it's in their single strokes section of the magazine right at the beginning. It's a short, usually, you know, three, four hundred word. Um, and I write, obviously, about all these kinds of historical issues that I find to be of interest. So one, a couple of years ago, 2015, I decided to write a column about this whole left-handed scenario. And so I sort of went through and read out a list of prominent lefties going all the way back because lefties is lefty drummers is not a new phenomenon so i'm just going to read you one paragraph from that article uh in the 1920s chauncey morehouse backed jazz trumpet legend bix beiderbeck chauncey morehouse terrific drummer even though the drum sets in the 20s were you know so small that the righty lefty thing you know you didn't have a hi-hat to put on the other side you didn't really have tom-toms to go from high to low but you can tell the way that he's set up and how he's holding his sticks he is a left-handed drummer and i should mention also by the way that one of the things that really freaks people out about me being a lefty is that i play opposite hand traditional grip and i had mentioned earlier in this in this podcast that i uh played uh, the way everybody else plays when I was in high school, which was a left hand, you know, a traditional grip in my left hand. And when I got done with music school, um, you know, obviously I've been a left-handed drummer for many years. Uh, I began to study with Freddie Gruber, and uh, this is around 1992. And I said to Freddie, can you teach me traditional grip in my right hand? Because I had never really learned it and didn't really know the mechanics. And so what was fantastic was that Freddie you know, taught me, obviously, from the ground up, his particular way, the way that I now teach students uh, the traditional grip. And what was so cool about it, I think this is often the benefit. And by the way, a lot of people in general, I'm jumping around a little bit, a lot of people in general say, you know, I I would like to play traditional grip. It looks really cool, and it seems like it has a lot of uses, but, um, you know, it just, it's going to take so much time. And um, I don't, you know, I don't really want to take the time and it looks hard and it feels uncomfortable. And one of the things that I think when, when you teach a grip, if you have no experience in that grip whatsoever, it's actually easier to learn if you have a good teacher, if you're learning the proper way, because you have nothing to compare it to and you have no quote unquote bad habits that you have to 
undo or unlearn in order to learn something that's more effective or more efficient. And so I would encourage people that if you've never studied traditional and you're interested in it, first of all, find some good instruction. Obviously, come see me or whoever. But, um, you know, when you learn something from scratch, often you can learn it more quickly and more effectively than you think because you don't have bad habits to overcome. So that was my situation with Freddie. And, you know, I had a lot of other hand issues in French and German grip that I had to unwind and deal with, um, which is much more common. But the traditional, you know, I learned it the only way I've ever played it, which is a good way because I love playing it. And now I'm, you know, about... I would say a traditional grip player 95% of the time. But just to finish this little sub point, um, the fact that not only do I set up left-handed, but my traditional is, on the other hand, is really a lot for people to handle. It just freaks them out. And and uh, and, uh, uh, and a lot of times people think there's something wrong with, with, the, with the way that the video got posted on YouTube because everything is so quote-unquote backwards that that they, they can't figure it out. So we were talking about the drummers that have played uh, backwards, lefty drummers, through through time in my article. Um, a famous drummer of the bebop era of the 1940s, who was a lefty, was Stan Levy. And even before that, in the 1930s, the big band era, Woody Herman had a drummer named Frankie Carlson, also a lefty. Uh, in the rockabilly era, the, the great drummer W.S. Holland, who's on uh, blue suede shoes, Carl Perkins. He's uh, then he joined Johnny Cash. He's on the Folsom Prison album. He was a, a lefty drummer, although his his way of setting up was totally insane. Uh, I don't even know if I should take the time to talk about it. He he was a right hander who set up lefty because he didn't he had no formal training whatsoever, and so he completely was totally backwards. And then he played open handed because his right hand was leading. So. Totally nuts, but great drummer. If you ever check out Johnny Cash clips from the Johnny Cash show, W.S. Holland is on that. You can see his unusual style. Great drummer, great shuffler, totally self-taught. Um, played with Johnny Cash for about 40 years. And again, if you listen to the famous Johnny Cash Folsom Prison record, it is awesome. Great, great band. In the more modern era, Ian Pace, of course, the aforementioned, Rod Morgenstein from the, the Dixie Dregs, Phil Collins, of course, Joe Percaro, great educator, father of Jeff Percaro, uh, Joey Warrenker, who used to uh, take his lessons right before me at Freddie Gruber's. I just saw him play with Roger Waters. He's one of the top uh, studio guys in, in L.A., lefty. And uh, Dominic Howard of Muse. So these are all top-notch lefty players that really cover a wide stylistic spectrum. And of course, when it comes to lefty drummers, uh, these are these are only what I call true lefties, meaning that the entire drum set is is turned around and they play cross hand and they lead with their left hand. There are there are many what are called open-handed lefties, which, you know, people like Billy Cobham, Simon Phillips, Carter Beaufort are three examples right off the bat. I don't know if Simon Phillips actually is a lefty, but he does play open-handed. And so they may set up with a left-handed configuration, sorry, with a right-handed configuration, a a typical configuration, but they play open-handed so their left hand can lead. And then there's a third category of lefty drummers, which, who set up completely righty, but they still manage to find some ways to have the left hand uh, be dominant. And the most famous example of this type of lefty drummer is Ringo Starr. Uh, he did play cross hand with his right hand leading, but in a lot of his most famous fills, 
uh, were led with the left. So the most famous example is Come Together. Uh, you know, the, the groove goes... So on that fill that happens at the end of that little pattern, Ringo's actually going from the floor tom up to the rack tom so that he can lead that fill with his left hand. And, you know, a lot of people know that these days. It's more common knowledge than it was, but I find that to be interesting. So a lot of drummers consider themselves to be left-handed drummers, even if they set up with a more traditional right-handed setup. So just a point to be made that the left-handed community is larger than you think. Okay, so we had talked about three different ways that right-handers view left-handed drummers. So that first way was just total, like, really? Such a thing exists? So the second way is what I call admiration. And it's very interesting, but they sort of feel that somehow it's that left-handed drummers are better because it must be harder to do these kinds of drumming things uh, leading with the left hand or playing on a left-handed setup. So, um, you know, this, this... (laughs) Another comment from the Century Project finale solo uh, on YouTube. Uh, This guy says, lefty? This is very new. I've never seen a lefty drummer, right? So, uh, and, and, um, oh, and then so somebody responded to this comment and they said, I'm right-handed, but at 214 in the video, it seems so effortless. Maybe I just need to adjust my kit to play that, but it seems so much easier to play left-handed. Hmm, time to experiment. So... Uh, no, it's not easier or harder to play left-handed. It's unless perhaps you are a a left-handed drummer, a closeted left-handed drummer who's been playing righty your whole life. And now you turn the set around and realize, oh, maybe some things uh, are easier to do with a left-handed setup for me, you know, for, for, for that individual. And again, this is something that, um, you know, a lot of drummers I've seen comment on my various posts on my Daniel Glass Drummer Author Educator Facebook page to the videos and other things that I put up. And, you know, for me, it was pretty natural. I decided I was going to be lefty and I've played that way. I've never questioned it. But there have been a lot of people that perhaps went to a teacher when they were young and they were told, no, you cannot turn around the drum set. This is the way you're going to play. And by the way, this is the equivalent to having your left hand broken. Uh, A lot of drummers never had the opportunity to even explore if they if it was better for them to set up left-handed. I remember my first drum set teacher back in 1979, back in Hawaii. I went to him, and he had one of those Remo practice pad kits, the old ones that were like, they had like a, it was terrible. They were, I mean, you know, it was a, it was an early version of a practice pad kit that was not, no matter which way you played, lefty or righty, it was not uh, necessarily the, the I, I, an ideal thing to practice on. But this guy, this was his tiny, tiny teaching room in a music store, and he did not want to turn anything around for me. And I sort of made a stink about it, and so he eventually did. But he always let me know. He always, you know, let me know that that, he was not happy about that. He always complained about it. And once again, it's like, you know, okay, oh, you're that troublemaker. You're the left-hander that's going to cause me all kinds of trouble. And, you know, these things, these comments that we continually get in our evolution as left-handed drummers, they they hurt. You know, you you come to expect that you're going to be treated, that people are going to make a big deal, often in a negative way, about you being left-handed. And of course, you know, the classic example of this is is sitting sitting in sitting in sitting in on in on someone's gig. And we're going to talk more about that as we go. Right? I want to to get to the third category of YouTube responses. And I, I'm sad to say 
But this is the biggest of the three, and it's an attitude of annoyance or irritation at the fact that the drummer in the video is left-handed. Now, let me just read you the comments first, and then I'll make some, some points of view about it. But these are all comments from that video. So one guy says, that setup hurts my eyes. Oh, poor you and your poor eyes. That setup hurts my eyes. And then there's a response to that. He seems to be (laughs) left-handed. He seems to be. Then the first guy comes back. Indeed. Then another guy chimes in. I usually can't stand watching left-handed drummers either, but this dude is the exception. So talk about a backhanded compliment. You know, normally you and your ilk make me sick to my stomach and give me a headache, but you're okay because you're really, you're, you're really killing it, right? And it's, you know, again, you would think, I mean, these things don't bother me anymore, but it's kind of insulting, and it kind of blows me away that people are just so upset at having to, you know, endure watching a left-handed drummer because it's just so hard. Uh, then another comment on on this very same, uh, on the same video, new, new thread. Sorry, too hard to watch a left-handed drummer, even if he is great. And then somebody responds, LOL, I know, right? And then, okay, then somebody kind of comes to, to, to my defense. So he says, just listen then, what the F? So, you know, this sadly, as I mentioned, is sort of the most common response and it's kind of blows me away. It's like, are you really that spoiled that you can't step up and watch somebody who sets up a little differently than you? Like it's that hard for you to to endure or deal with? So I'm, you know, a couple of comments. And you know, granted, I watch drum videos as much as the next person, and therefore I'm used to looking at right-handed drummers most of the time, like everyone else. So when I see a left-handed drummer, yes, it actually does look weird to me. Even though I am a left-handed drummer, when I see a left-handed drummer, it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. But do, do I go, I can't watch this video. This video is unwatchable because the way the guy is set up. You know, and you think, well, this is just a hater. And yes, every video, you're going to get haters. You're going to get people that make insensitive comments who are jerks and, you know, whatever. But you would be surprised at how much this kind of a comment is levied against a left-handed drummer. So, you know, Interesting. Interesting. And, uh, you know, saying things like, this hurts my eyes, this gives me a headache. And then other people respond and say, oh, I know. So what you do is you put up a mirror, you know, next to your computer and aim it towards the computer and then watch through the mirror so that you can you can deal with this, you know, poor, poor people here. And it, so it just kind of, it just kind of cracks me up. Um, again, not that I'm sitting around losing sleep over this, but, you know, I, I feel after being in this business for so many years and having to deal with this on so many levels, very subtle levels, levels from teachers, levels of misunderstanding, um, you know, that uh, it's time for me to say something. And not just to my fellow lefties, because again, all the lefties that are listening to this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's time to try to educate righties so we can, uh, you know, we can all get along, as they say. So, you know, some of the ways that lefties, I mean, these are nasty comments or insensitive comments, I guess you could say. They're not really nasty. And most people, again, are saying like, this guy's great. I love his drumming. But the fact that he's set up this way is an issue. So other other ways that, you know, and I'm sure my, my left-handed brethren will probably chime in with many more. But um, 
you know, the, the most common way I think that lefties feel discriminated against or are, are, are given a hard time about their being lefty is when you've got to move gear. So sitting in on someone's gigs, uh, sitting in on a, you know, in an open mic night situation, uh, it's off, oh, you're a lefty? Oh, you know, that kind of thing. And then it's either, nope, you can't sit in because we can't turn anything around for you, or you've got 15 seconds to turn this around and, you know, and so therefore what that means is usually you have time to swap the hi-hat snare and the floor tom. But then that means that the toms are backwards and you got a crash cymbal right there, you you know, where your ride normally would be. And it's just very awkward. So if you're sitting in, you don't get much time to move things around. And therefore, it's difficult enough to play when you're sitting in on a jam session or on somebody else's band for a minute. But now you've got to do it with a, a very uncomfortable setup. Now, of course, what's the what's the other option? You know, well, a lot of times... Uh, it can be organized. For example, I just um, was at the Percussive Art Society convention in Indianapolis about a month ago, and uh, a bunch of drummers, a lot of terrific drummers, Peter Erskine, Rich Redmond, Dave Stanek, Jason Gianni, uh, uh, Bernie Dressel, uh, and myself all had the opportunity to sit in with the Airmen of Note, which is the sort of the top big band of the United States Air Force, which I have to say is one of the if not the best big band I've ever played with. Uh, I mean, I was in the Brian Setz Orchestra for a couple of years, played with a lot of really good big bands. These guys were amazing because they are a working band. And it was lovely to sit in with them. Oftentimes when, you're, when a drummer plays with a big band, you feel like you're pulling the whole band along or some sections are pushing, other, others, other sections are you know dragging, some are rushing, and, and you have to sort of be the one to like lay down the law. This band... I felt like I could have gotten up, walked off the stage, and that they would have just played the song perfectly in time. Things didn't fall apart without the drummer, and that's always a sign of a great big band to me, when everybody's responsible for their own time feel, right? Anyway, um, the way we organized it, because I was the only lefty sitting in with the band, was that you know there was a set break, and during the set break, that's when we swapped the drums around. Uh, I sat in, and then we very quickly put them back, and it was not a big deal, and no one barely even noticed. But yet, I don't, you know, a lot of times they, they aren't organized for a lefty. I also did the Bonzo Bash, the uh, bon- John Bonham tribute. Same kind of thing. I actually had to go at the end of the show once, and the other time I went on the set break, I did it twice. But they were, they were cool. It, you know, they had a tech, and it was just like, yep, that's cool, and let's just do it quick. And I appreciate that, as do all lefties you know, to, to the extreme, because I, I know that we're in the minority. There's not that many of us. Uh, so, okay, fine. But, you know, a lot of times I remember when I was in high school, there was a jazz band, the high school, my high school jazz band, and, uh, there were always two drummers and they were not, they had no problem with me turning stuff around, flipping the the kit, but it is, um, you know, I'm sure that, that there have been many times in many lefty drummers' lives where that was not acceptable, not an option, not a possibility, so we don't get to play. So, okay. Um, Another area where there's discrimination against lefties, which righties might not think about, is in dealing with sound men. Um, My whole career with Royal Crown Review, we always sent a stage plot ahead, and, you know, uh, the stage plot over the over time you know we wrote in larger and larger letters next to the icon of the drum set a stage plot by the way is a is a graphic 
sort of looking down on the stage that shows the position of each instrument where it's going to be so that when you send that ahead so a sound person can prepare and put up their their cables and mic stands in approximately the right place. So I would, you know, so many times, I can't tell you, I'd get to a gig, uh, say the rental drums would be provided, nobody looked at the rider, nobody looked at the stage plot, and the drums were set up right-handed, and the, um, you know, and the mics were all set up accordingly. And so I had to, you know, this would be if we had rental gear, I would have to turn all that stuff around, ask to tell the sound man, and of course, half the time, the sound man rolls his eyes and, you know, proceeds to make some very stupid joke they think that they're being original with, such as, oh man, you know, I forgot my left-handed mics today. <laughs> you know, how many left-handed drummers have heard that one before? Uh, not clever, not creative, um, but you know, okay, whatever. It's just another thing. And no matter how clearly you write on the stage plot, drummer's left-handed, half the time they don't pay any attention to it. And then suddenly when you tell them that's the case, they make a, a big deal about it. Um, just recently, uh, here in New York, uh, I was asked to do something called the Cabaret Convention, which um, happens at Jazz at Lincoln Center in Rose Hall, which is the main beautiful uh, room. It holds about 2,000 people, and I was going to be playing behind quite a few artists. I show up, Drum set is set up right-handed. Turns out there's another couple of drummers, even though I'm the main drummer, and they're going to be sitting in on my drums, I'm still the problem child. So, you know, I worked it out, and again, there there were really helpful union texts there, and after complaining rather severely, they just shut the hell up, and there was no problem. So, in any case, I, you know, it's, uh, maybe I am bitter, who knows? But, you know, it's, again, always an issue, always a problem, and it's, you know, the the last example I want to give of out-and-out discrimination against lefty drummers is in the world of Broadway. Um, when I first moved to New York, I was checking out, scoping out a lot of scenes, sitting in different places, uh, connecting with people, and, of course, Broadway is a big source of employment for drummers and musicians here in New York City. There's literally, you know, several hundred Broadway and off-Broadway theaters in Manhattan, all in a, concentrated in a very small area. And, um, you know, the I would go meet a guy, and, and one of the things you could do that's really cool is you can go sit in the pit, the orchestra pit, with a drummer and uh, watch the show. Because every drummer that uh, has a Broadway chair that is the primary drummer for a show has at least five subs. And the only way that the subs can really learn the show is to come and sit in the pit. And it allows you to have guests and other things. And so sometimes they have headphones with a little mixer, so you can actually put on the headphones so you can see what the drummer's doing. You can hear the whole show in your headphones, and it's a really cool experience. And I was doing that and meeting drummers, and the second I told them that I was left-handed... I saw on their face they were never going to hire me as a sub. Now, I also told them, and well, and so let me explain. It's very difficult. The Broadway pits are very, very um, small, packed in, and even if you are typical right-handed drummer and you sub on the show, chances are because of the, you know, the 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 unions uh, that can that 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 control the uh, the audio, they have to move mics, and so they don't want to move anything because they've spent months dialing in the sound of the show. So in many circumstances, even if you're a sub, you have to sit in a, maybe a 
more of an awkward position than you're normally used to sitting because they're not going to allow you to move stuff. Maybe lift a snare drum up or down. So there's no adjusting in any case, but if you're a left-hander, forget it. And I even told these guys, I will learn your show on your drum set, you know, meaning I would create a similar setup with a right-handed setup. That's generally what you have to do. You have to learn the whole show in advance. There's no rehearsal to work you in. You learn the whole thing top to bottom, and then you're on. And that's how you succeed as a sub on Broadway. It's a very, very highly pressureful situation. Um, but I, as soon as I said that I was a lefty, which maybe I shouldn't have said, um, forget it. And, uh, and you know what? In the end, um, I, I really haven't done I, a lot of Broadway work. There's actually two left-handed drummers that, that work in shows. Uh, and one of them, I became his regular sub for an off-Broadway show a couple of years ago that was sort of a parody of, um, what's that movie about, uh, or that book, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And it was a very funny parody musical of that. So I subbed on that show because he needed a left-handed sub. And then there was another theater up in Westchester where the, the drummer was left-handed. But that guy literally never ever subbed out a show. So he was like, great, you'll be my sub. And then I never heard from him. (laughs) So (laughs) go figure. Anyway, so, you know, Broadway. Now, you know, at this point in the game, I've been talking about this for 42 minutes and people might say, well, Daniel, you sound a little bitter or, you know, uh, get over it. Or they might say, dude, it's your choice and you made your choice. So you made your bed. You got to, you got to sleep in it. And I would, I would totally agree with that. I do totally agree with that. I think if we choose to be left-handed drummers, we have to deal with the consequences because the vast majority of drummers do not play this way. The world is not set up for us. It's just a reality. What are you going to, you know, what can you say? Um, But I do think, and the reason I am doing this podcast is hopefully I can educate and enlighten some other right-handed drummers or even just music listeners who are checking this out to sort of understand a little more about what it means and what we go through as, uh, as lefties. Now, at this point, I want to take the conversation in a positive direction, which is to, to share some things that we as lefties, how we compensate, how we deal with things that, again, right-handed drummers might not have thought much about. And I'd like to begin this by um, saying a, a very classic quote about the dance team of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Now, what are you talking about, Daniel? They made movies in the 1930s and they were dancers. What do you mean? So the quote is this, that, you know, people say Fred Astaire was probably up there, you know, as one of the greatest dancers of that classic period, along with Gene Kelly. I can't think of anyone else other than Fred Astaire uh, who would be considered the greatest of the great of that period. But then you have to remember, and this is the quote, that Ginger Rogers did everything that Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in high heels. Think about that for a minute, right? So, you know, oh, Yeah, nobody thought about what she has to do or what women do when they are being led and the conditions and the shoes they have to wear, you know, all of that stuff, right? So in a way, there's a sort of a parallel with what I feel about left-handed drummers. We tend to do everything that righties do, but backwards and in heels. And what do I mean by that? Well, for example, when I am watching a drum set player and I'm figuring out what they're doing and watching their hand combinations and checking it out, I am automatically transcribing, in essence, flip-flopping in my own brain, you know, all of the limb movements. And I could do this effortlessly and without even thinking about it so that I could just sit down at my left-handed kit and do all of it exactly backwards. 
you know, and this comes naturally to us lefties after a while. Why? Because we watch a right-handed world and we automatically flip it in order to be able to do it ourselves. Similarly, every book that has ever been written, instructional book, is you know, drum set book is all written for right-handers. So everything is written, stickings, the R's and the L's, the right's and the left stickings. You know, when you have fills or other things, it's all written for righties. So every drum set pattern, every book about kunga techniques, you know, uh, everything that a right hand is doing, we have to put that on what a left hand is doing. Everything that a right foot is doing, we have to put that on what a left foot is doing. And again, we do this without even thinking about it. You know, and this is something that makes me, I wish that the people that would, were complaining and hating on lefties on YouTube in terms of, oh, I can't watch a left-hander, it gives me a headache, it hurts my eyes. Well, why don't you try what we do all the time, which is reverse what you see and make it work for you. You know, give yourself a new skill set, give yourself a new ability, strengthen what you're about instead of whining and complaining that the world doesn't conform to how you expect it to be because of, you know, this lefty kind of a thing. I tend to think, you know, I have great respect for lefties because I know what I've been through and I know what my fellow lefties go through and we just do it without even thinking about it, right? The other thing that's kind of fun is, is sort of lefties revenge, which is that when the gig is our gig or we're leading the jam session, then everyone else has to flip the kid around and go through what we go through, and we stress them out to some degree, you know. And I do this gig every Monday night at Birdland in New York City. I've been doing it for uh, about seven years now. And very rarely do we have drummers that sit in, and I welcome them to sit in, as long as they're of a certain caliber, because it is a very high level of musicianship at the show. But when they sit in, I'm happy to have them turn around the kit. But of course, the host of the night flips out (laughs) every time someone wants to sit in. So the person sitting in now is under pressure from the host to get it done as quickly as possible. So in a way, you know, we, we can enforce the same pressure on others, which is not necessarily the most positive thing. But it is kind of fun after enduring what we always have to endure. And a lot of times, again, people won't ask to sit in on our drum sets because they're intimidated and don't want to deal with a left-handed drum set. So maybe you can be spared some, you know, moronic caveman sitting in and, and just destroying your drum set uh, because he he or she uh, is not uh, interested in, in putting themselves in that scenario of sitting on, on a drum set that's quote-unquote backwards. All right, so the last point that I want to take a look at is what... If you're an instructor or if you're a parent and you have a, a child uh, or a young student or even an older student and they're trying to decide, they come in and say, I'm left-handed. How should I play? Should I turn the kid around? What should I do? And this is actually something that comes up uh, on YouTube or in Facebook discussions or you know, just with, with my peers all the time. And, it, and they ask me, what should I do? What should I tell my student to do? And it's a really hard one for me to answer because I will say that if you decide to be, at least as in my case, a full lefty where the entire drum set is, is, is mirrored, well, you're going to be setting yourself up for um, this, you know, this sort of quasi-discriminatory world that we lefties live in. And you better be prepared for that. Um, I think most of us, it's really not that big of a deal, but there's certain amount of stuff that, that comes up with it. And obviously, 
people react in in often not often but in can react in negative ways which we've you know sort of covered here so you know i don't have any super sage advice other than to say that you have to maybe let the student try and see what feels right i think at the end of the day the answer to this question is how what is going to allow you to be the best possible drummer that you can be period and your setup should be there to enhance that, not the other way around. We shouldn't have to force anybody to play in a way that doesn't allow them to be their best simply to fit into some kind of predetermined formula that this is how you do it, and this is the only way to do it. So I guess I would say let them try a few things, maybe let them spend a month or two setting up one way, then try a month or two the other way. And I think the answer will become clear pretty quickly, or they'll be able to make up their mind. So I say give them the opportunity, but don't sugarcoat it. Tell them what's coming down the road, because sometimes I sort of feel like, you know, it might have just been easier if I would have bit the bullet and set up like everybody else. I'm not going to lie about that. By the same token, I fly my my lefty flag proudly, and uh, I also feel that, you know, I'm part of some kind of a, some maybe an elite club, you know, there are often uh, posts that go up again on YouTube and people say, who, who are some of the, you know, the, the great lefty drummers? And these days people are starting to maybe include me in, in some of those lists, which is lovely. And it is a small and, uh, you know, I would say a sophisticated group. So with that, I will leave you. I, if you are a right-handed drummer and you lasted, I really appreciate you taking your time and understanding a little bit how the other half lives. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we will see you out there next time around. (laughs) 